I want to tell you that it's not a time for us to panic. It's not a time for us to do absurd, ridiculous things and act like a bunch of morons. It's time for us to put our confidence in the one that we trust with our lives and our families and our home and our job. Amen. The steps. Can you say this? The steps of a good person are ordered by the Lord. Ordered by the Lord. He that keepeth thee. Are you in covenant with one who is able to keep you? The Bible said he would keep you. Now unto him who will keep you from falling. Unto him who will sustain you. Unto him who will preserve you until that day. The one that is committed to getting you to the finish line. The one that has said he would not take his hand off of you until he finishes the work which he has begun in you. Amen. Boy, I could quote scriptures the rest of my time today and help you understand that the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. That everything is in God's care, God's keeping. He's not lost control of anything. He knows exactly where uh, we are. He knows where we are today. He knows our heart while we're sitting here in this auditorium. He does. He's not out of touch. He's not in absentia. He's present with us. And he gave us a promise. He said, when you assemble in my name, I'll be there. So the most important person that's here today is not the pastor, not the speaker, but the Lord our God is present with us. Amen. Present with us. Amen. And if the Lord is our God and the Lord is our sustainer, then he will take care of us, won't he? He always has, he always will. Turn to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to kind of jump in where Jesus was talking to people about heaven and earth and treasures and what matters to you most. In fact, in this chapter, he, he talks about heaven versus the earth, how that heaven is populated, how the earth is populated, and how that we should have an attitude that our citizenship is in heaven, that our rightful home is in heaven. We used to sing a song when I was a kid, I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven is not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's throne above, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Praise the Lord. There is something about a Christian's walk with God that there is this tugging, this yearning to go to be with our God to go to be with the Lord Jesus. In fact, the last verse of the Bible said for us to pray, even so come, Lord Jesus. We should look forward to that day and yearn for that day. Amen. When heaven will be our experience and heaven will be our reward. But as long as we're in this world, we're not of this world, but we're in this world. And the Bible said as long as you are in the world, you're the light of the world. Lights that shine in the darkness. And God has given the church that great responsibility to shine. Arise and shine for thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord is arisen upon thee. Matthew 6, Jesus is teaching about how our dependence upon the Lord will be rewarded by God's sustaining us. Verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, 
or about your body what you will wear. Is not life more than just food and the body more than just clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Are you not of more value than they? Look at your neighbor and say, are you greater than a bird? (laughs) You matter more to God than birds. And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. Therefore, don't worry. Somebody say, don't worry. Therefore, why is he saying therefore? Because of what I just said, therefore, do not worry saying what we will eat or what we will drink or what we will wear. For it is the pagans who strive for all of these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these other things that God knows you need will be added unto you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Wow. I want to preach to you about why worry. Why do we worry? In this world that we're living in, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of things that have changed so much that we used to put a lot of uh, value to a lot of things that are very unstable today. There are things that we used to think would always be that way that have suddenly changed and no longer they're that way anymore. There are things that we all took for granted would always just be there. But uh, now we find out uh, that it's not really the case and it's not always that way. But there's one thing that endures forever. And the Bible said the grass withers and the flowers fade. But the word of the Lord endures forever. In in fact, the Bible said, when heaven and earth have passed away, if that should ever happen, God said, my word will not ever pass and it will never change. So the one thing that we need to look to when times are uncertain and times are unstable is we need to look to the word of God because it endures forever and it never changes and it never loses its power. It never loses its truth. It never loses its impact to change things for us. In fact, I've found that the word of the Lord is a a great strength. When I'm challenged by uncertainties, I find answers to life's questions in the Word of God. Amen. The Bible told us last Sunday, we read, Dust thou art, and to dust thou shalt return. We know that we are but dust. But we also know that God breathes into that dust the breath of the Spirit and creates life. Then our very life is owed to God himself. 
because God is the giver of life. And God is not only the giver of life, he is the sustainer of our lives. Hallelujah. And I know that he that keepeth us will not fail us. And he that is on our side. Is God on your side? Is God on your side? Well, if God be for us, then who or what can be against us? What can ever separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus? Not angels, not things past, not things present, nor things to come, not any kind of being shall ever be able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Therefore, I will not doubt and therefore I will not fear because he is the strength of my life. He sustains me and he is my light and my salvation. In him I will put my trust. Trust. When you trust God for your life and you trust God for food and clothing and raiment and the things that are needful in this life, then you're trusting in a God who said, I will never fail you. And a God who has said to you, I will never leave you. I will always come to you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're confronted with, this God has said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Then why should we worry or why should we fret? David said, so why art thou so disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. You see, when we put our hope and our trust and our faith in God, then we're trusting an unfailing source that has never, ever failed us and never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. He doesn't know a person that he can't save. He doesn't know a problem that he can't solve. He doesn't know a difficulty that he doesn't have the solution to. Nothing confounds him and nothing ever puzzles him. Our God is always present and he's omniscient, which means he knows all about us. In fact, he knows your prayer request before you ever request it. Before it ever proceeds out your lips, God already knows what you're about to ask for. You mean he knows me that well? God knows you so well that nobody else knows you like he knows you. He knows us so well that he knows our positives and he knows our negatives. He knows our strengths and he knows our weaknesses. He knows the things which we're skilled at and the things which we're uh, unskilled. He knows all about our heart, all about our emotional uh, stability, all about our ability to bear up under certain things. And I'll tell you this, if it was unbearable, then God won't let it come to you. If it's something you can't handle, God will spare you from that because he said, I'll not allow you to be tempted above that which you're able to bear. But with every temptation, but with every temptation, but with every temptation, I will make a way for you. Has God ever been a way maker for you? Has ever God come to your aid and come to your rescue and helped you and made a way when there was no way? I think we would have testimonies all over this house of people that could say, God helped me from an unlikely source. And God came to my aid and my rescue when I, I didn't really expect it to happen. 
God loves to do surprises in our lives, doesn't he? And when that happens to you, you ought to say, praise God and bless the Lord, O oh my soul, because he's worthy of our worship and he's worthy of our praise. This world has so much uncertainty and so much insecurity. Things can change in a day's time. Why, who would have expected we would have governments telling us not to go to church? Who would have thought we'd come to a time when we would be advised not to have services? And I'm just wondering, being spiritual like I am, if that's not the enemy trying to soften us up to the idea that worship is not all that important. I'm just kind of puzzled as if our adversary is not trying to get us used to the fact that someone else can decide for us when we need to worship and when we don't need to worship. You see, my attitude is I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I don't think you can get in trouble worshiping God. I don't think you can fall in the ditch serving and honoring and giving glory and praise to the Lord because the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. If anything, our government should be asking us, go to the house of God and pray that God will send healing and deliverance from this. Amen, 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 amen. We are the people of God, and the people of God need to take positive steps and positive measures to let this nation know that we are the people of God, that it's our intention to serve him. It's our intention to love him and to worship him. And if we're adamant about that fact, then we will turn the head of our nation to say, well, these people really must mean what they say. Amen. They, their message really is believable. They, they really are that way. They don't just talk like that and sing like that. They act like that. You see, if the Lord is not the Lord of your life, then songs about him being Lord are just pushing some air out your lips. And I don't want to serve the Lord with my lips. I want to serve him with all of me. My heart, my mind, my lips, my spirit, my hands, my feet. I want every part of me to be a testimony of God's goodness and God's grace. You see, if you can be shaken and you can be moved from your position, you probably will. You think there'd ever come a time, Brother Irwin, when we wouldn't have church? Could this nation, could we be scared so badly that we would ever say it's in vain to serve the Lord? Could we ever be scared to a point that we would say it's vain to serve and worship him? Could we ever be pushed to the brink to where we would choose something other than worshiping him and serving him? Jesus said in the last days that we'd be tested about that. He said you'll, you'll be delivered to magistrates and said they will question you about how you really feel about that. And he said, don't worry when you get to that place about what you will say. He said, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say at that time. I still believe that, don't you? I still believe that the church has 
words that we need to say in this time. We need to think to our president, trust in the Lord with all your heart and he will direct your path. We need to say to the media, we are the people of God and we believe and trust in him and we accept his word that he will never leave us, that he'll supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, that he'll not put any affliction upon us but what we are able to bear. And that needs to be the message of God's people to a world that's scared. God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You see, when we lean on him in times of widespread panic, we have no reference point sometimes because we come against something that we're inexperienced at. This is the first time we've ever seen a virus come that you shut schools down and cancel all events and that kind of thing. This is a first for us. And how we react during this time is going to set the course for how we're going to respond in the future. That's why today is so important that we do the right thing and say the right thing and be the right thing so that in the future we won't repeat this process in a way of error. We want to be very, very concise about how we respond. And we must respond in faith. If our our message is only to us, then it's just contained right here. We need to speak the message outside these walls. We need to tell people who say, what in the world are we going to do? We need to say, well, as for me and my house, we're going to trust the Lord. When someone confronts you and says to you, well, I, I wonder what's going to happen. I, I say, I may not know about tomorrow, but I know who holds tomorrow. Well, what are we going to do if, if, if this gets out of hand and we do this and we do that? We're going to do the same thing we do now. We're going to serve the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all of our strength. Amen. The, my last day on earth, I'll be spending it loving the Lord, preaching his word, praying in his name. I'll be doing what I'm doing right now. Amen. To be inconsistent is to be untrusting. Amen. If this religion we've got and this experience with God that we've got only works in good times, if it only works when we're well, if it only works when we're not threatened, if it only works when we're not challenged, then we have a faulty religion. We need a religion that works at all times, in every instance, in every situation, in every circumstance, in every challenge, all times. That's why blessing the Lord at all times is so important, that we continually praise the Lord. What I don't understand, hey, our understanding is through a glass darkly. All of us, to say, for somebody to say, I know what God is doing is taking a big risk. Because his ways are so far above our ways as far as the heaven is above the earth. I don't really know like he knows. I I don't know how to explain like he explains. He is the God of all the earth. He is the creator God. I am his creature. I am his handiwork. I am his workstation. He's working on me. I'm not at that place that I can tell you God will do this and God will. That's God's business. My, My message is trust him. Trust him. They that trust in the Lord shall renew their strength. They that trust in the Lord shall mount up with wings as eagles. 
They that trust in the Lord shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint because they wait upon the Lord and they trust in his name. Trust in his name. And if the church is the only positive voice, then let that church sound that trumpet long and loud and let people know that it pays to trust in the Lord and serve the Lord. How does a believer deal with challenging circumstances and difficulties without being fatalistic and without being reckless or denying reality? Faith does not deny reality. Faith does not become reckless abandon. Faith is knowledge in your heart that what you believe is what you believe and that you're going to believe what you believe no matter what. Can anybody say no matter what? No matter what. No matter what a day may bring, no matter what weather may do, tornadoes, hurricanes, all of these things. And to deny that is to stick your head in the sand. It does happen. Tornadoes happen. People get killed. Homes get blown away. And somebody said, well, where is God in all of that? He's where he always is, waiting on somebody to call out to him and somebody to cry to him. Amen. And the most important thing in any of these situations is to know that you know that you're in relationship with God and that everything between you and God is as it should be, as it should be. That's why I'm at his house today. That's why I'm at his house today, because relationship with him is so important. It's so important that it supersedes all else, all else. more than what I wear, more than what I'm going to eat, more than any of that. The one thing that supersedes all of that is my relationship with him, my relationship with him. And because I'm in relationship with him, I will not worry nor fret about what I'll eat or what I'll drink or what I'll wear or what about tomorrow, what about my life. This passage is about laying up treasures on earth and laying up treasures in heaven. It means what matters most to you, what is the most important, what is most valued with you. You see, why do people seek to lay up treasures on earth? Number one, because they're fearful or they're worried about the future. Sometimes we hold on to things because we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I, I, w- I would do that, but I, I don't really know about, about what's going to happen with so-and-so. I don't know about this, and I don't know. Well, I'll promise you this. We don't know about anything in the future because I can't control the future. I can only control right now. I can't go back and undo the past. I have no power to change the past. The past is the past. The only thing I've got power over is right now. And that's my attitude and my faith and my relationship with God right now. Right now. He said, don't worry about what you will eat. Don't be worried about what you're going to eat. Well, Brother Jerry, if I can't work, I I won't be able to feed my family. Will I have enough to survive? I I don't believe that the Lord is saying that we should not seek to provide for our family and provide for our, our retirement years. We should do that. We should do that, but we should at the same time realize that life is a gift that God gives. Our life is hid with God in Christ. Uh, And this thing of eternal life, did you know that you've got eternal life right now? It comes with the provision of salvation. 
The gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. When you trusted God for salvation, the gift of eternal life was given to you. You see, I think by this context that we're talking about, that we're not to worry about the future. That if God is going to take care of us, as he always has, then the future has nothing that's going to destroy us or that's going to hurt us that God can't see us through. There's not a difficulty in my future that God can't handle. There's not a challenge, no matter what it might be. I don't know about it. But whatever it is, I know my God will see me through. I know my Lord will see me through. You know, we, we sing, take it to the Lord in prayer. Is your heart challenged? Is your, your mind perplexed? Take it to the Lord in prayer because he knows our sorrows. And the Bible said he's touched by the feeling of our infirmities. And the Bible said cast all of this fearfulness, all of this anxiety, just cast it upon the Lord. Why? Because he cares about you. Because he cares about you. Do you know that during the war years, in World War II, the church enjoyed its greatest growth of any other period. Wow, are you kidding me? While sons and our boys were on foreign soil fighting and dying in battlefields, America, for the most part, was in church calling on God calling on God. We realized then the importance of God getting us through difficult times. Well, now we find ourselves fighting against different things, a different thing called a coronavirus. Well, we've never been that way before. We've never fought that before. That battle is, is such a big battle. But still, it worked in World War II for the people of America to pray. It works now for people to pray. I think we ought to be praying that God would send deliverance, that God would send healing, that God would help knowledgeable, intelligent people who are working to find a vaccine to find that. Amen. I believe God would have his church to be people of prayer. That ought to be an item of prayer. We ought to be praying about that. Ought to be praying about that. But I'm not going to dig a hole somewhere and climb in a hole. I'm not going to seclude myself and say, well, I, I'm just going to hunker up down here and hunker down. No, my God, I'm going to be what God called me to be. Amen. Salt and light. And as long as you're salt and light, God will preserve you and God will see you through and God will help you and God will give you power. God will give you strength. So don't worry and don't be anxious and don't fret about tomorrow. And Jesus said, how many of you could make things better if you could add to your own stature? Wow. I heard a dad tell me yesterday, he's a, a, a short fellow, and he said to me, he said, I prayed and I fasted and I asked God not to let any of my children be short like me. And I said, well, did God answer that prayer? He said, sure did. Pulled out a billfold, got a picture out of his daughter, something like 5'11", 5'12". He said, she's so much taller than me, she didn't turn out like me. I said, well, what about your son? He said, he's tall too. I said, well, if I was you and had that much success in praying, I'd be praying about everything. <laughs> Brother, if you've been successful praying about how high your children are going to reach, then my Lord, you ought to be praying some other things, don't you think? 
Hey, if you've been successful at that and God answered your prayer about that, man, you ought to be praying about everything. Hallelujah. God is a God who answers prayer. O thou that inhabitest the heaven, O thou that answers prayer. God said, if you'll seek me, you'll find me. God said, if you'll ask, you'll receive. God said, if you'll knock, it will be open to you. God says to every one of us that that provision is for all of us. You can ask and you will receive. And he said, you have not because you ask not. Things are necessary to sustain life. Food and water is a two commodities you got to have. They're basic for survival. And when no means of gaining either of the two exist, they become a main concern. If you don't have food and you don't have water, then everything else is secondary to that, isn't it? But why in the world did Jesus say, don't worry about what you will eat or what you'll drink? Well, wait a minute, Jesus. I love you and all, and you may not have to have beans and taters and cornbread and sweet tea, but I do. If I don't have food and I don't have water, I'm not for long. Jesus said, well, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Why should I not worry about that? He said, because God takes care. If he takes care of birds and sparrows, if he takes care of the animals in the animal kingdom, if he takes care of every other living thing, then don't you know he's going to take care of you? You're better than a sparrow. You're more important to him than a bird. And surely if he takes care of them, he's going to take care of you. How many of you know that God is going to take care of you? Woo. How many of you have had God take care of you? Boy, look at those hands. Now, you may not have been like me and at one point in life didn't have anything to eat or drink. I may be the only one in the house that's ever been in a situation like that. Lord of mercy. My dad left in 1956 to go preach a revival in Wilson Avenue in Pritchard, Alabama for T.G. Pearson. And we moved from Jacksonville to Birmingham, and we were living on that campground in one of those little cabins there. And Dad left and went to Mobile to preach a revival. Well, revival was great. They went three weeks. But their custom at that church was they didn't pay the evangelist until the last night of the revival. We had a big old sack of dried butter beans. I'm talking about a toe sack. Huge. Sat over in the corner in the kitchen. And we ate butter beans for breakfast and dinner and supper and midnight snack. My mama got some cornmeal and made water cornbread patted them out in patties and told us they were pancakes. <laughs> now, God is not a waiter. He's not going to take your order. But he'll keep soul and body together. 
Now, it's kind of a common funny thing around here. These ladies will all tell you, don't cook butter beans for the pastor. He don't eat butter beans. No, I don't even want to be in your house where you're cooking them. I hate the smell of those things. I've had butter beans up to here. No more butter beans. Woo! Just the thought of eating a butter bean just makes me sick. And I married a girl that at her house, that was the choice meal of the day. So when Finchie cooked butter beans, I wasn't in the house. And I ate a peanut butter sandwich for that lunch because I hated butter beans. God said, I may not give you what you want, but you know what I'm going to tell you? I could have gotten hungry enough I mean, if it lasted long enough, it's kind of like that mean guy that was throwing turnip greens into his beagle hounds. And the guy that was watching him said, my Lord, said, I don't believe my dogs would eat turnip greens. He said, those wouldn't either for the first three weeks. What that lets you know is there will come a time when you'll eat them. When it means living or dying, you'll eat them. God said, take no thought about what you will eat or what you will drink. Why? Because God is going to take care of you. God's going to help you. Hey, if I hadn't had that experience, I couldn't have preached that to you today. So thank God for the experience. I remember after about the second week, some lady in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, and a church sent my mother a, a letter, and she said, Sister Irwin said, I don't know, y'all may have tons of stuff to eat and money, but said, the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night last night and told me to send y'all $20, and said, I put it in the envelope, and here it is for whatever it's worth, whatever it's for. And buddy... We got to go get some pork chops. <laughs> Glory to God. I know that God supplies when you have nothing. God will always come through for you. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen his seed begging bread. Praise God. God comes through and God helps you. But he didn't only just stop there that, well, what you eat and what you drink. Jesus said, pray this prayer. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. And thine is the glory forever and ever and ever and ever. Joshua, who are you going to serve when times get hard? And there are battles to fight. And there's no sustenance anywhere. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The psalmist said, I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. How, how long is forever? It's forever in good times and in bad times. Whatever the situation is, he said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord. One day in his courts, 
are better than 10,000 elsewhere. My Lord, I just felt a streak of glory hit my soul. One day in his courts is better than 10,000 elsewhere. Glory to God. Brother, when the Lord is the Lord of your life and when the Lord is the Lord of your house and the Lord is the Lord of your family, he that said, I will keep you and I'll sustain you can be trusted to do what he says he will do. Amen. He always will. Hallelujah. I was preaching a revival. I believe it was in Jasper for Ellie Talley. And something went awry there in the church and they weren't able to have the revival. My car payment was due that week, Steve Akers, $152 for a 75 Chevrolet. Steve Land's mother and dad are members of that church at Birmingham Avenue there in Jasper. As I was pulling out of the parking lot at the church, Steve's mother came over and pecked on the window of my car. I rolled the window down. We'd had to close the revival. And she handed me a piece of paper, and I stuck it in my pocket like that, and I said, thank you, Sister Lynn. I appreciate that. We started driving back down. Debbie was crying. What in the world are we going to do? Well, usually when I get kind of blindsided with something that didn't work out, I go get something to eat. Y'all call it comfort food. Anyway, it was at a burger joint somewhere, and I pulled in, and I was going to reach in my pocket. I thought she'd give me a dollar, two dollars, and I reached in my pocket, and I got it. It was a check for $152. You see, that God that says, I will keep you, I'll sustain you, I'll be your source. I'll be the strength of your life. You don't have to fear. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be anxious. Don't, don't take any thought about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. God said, I'll take care of that. I'll take care of that. Hey, you may not eat gourmet food, and you may not have a gourmet chef to cook it for you, but it'll keep soul and body together. Wow. Next he said, don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Some folks have to just keep up with the latest fashion and have to see what the latest thing is. I've never found out who they is. <laughs> Debbie tells me they are wearing a lot of this now. This is what a lot of them are, are doing with this. and that. Uh, these shoes, They're wearing a lot of shoes like this now. I've never found out who they is. But whoever they are, we have got a closet that you can't get in because of shoes. Debbie loves shoes. She can walk past a lot of places, but a shoe sale is not one of them. She's got black ones. She's got red ones. She's got... Orange ones, she's got blue ones. She's got things for formal occasions. She's got things for the, we've got all, whatever they make for every occasion. Whoever they is, whatever they wear 
to those kind of things. We got them. Take no thought about what you will wear. It doesn't have to be what Saks Fifth Avenue says you ought to be wearing. Here's, here's a good thing. Paul said, I have learned. It isn't something that just came easily. I learned this, he said. I've learned that having food and raiment therewith to be content. Wow. Well, most of us aren't like that. Because we don't want just any old piece of raiment. It needs to have a horse on it, or an alligator, or a whale, or some emblem, or I'm not going to wear it. Having therefore food and raiment, let us be content. God has said to us that he clothes the lilies of the field, and that Solomon in all of his glory could not compare with God's creation and what he cares for. And that same God cares about you. And that same God has committed to taking care of you. If God has committed himself to taking care of you, why worry about that? Third thing he said we worry about is, what about our life? I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Well, neither do I. In fact, I don't really have a promise that I'll be here tomorrow. I really can't speak for next week, next month, April 6th. Is that when we're going to go unlock doors and come out? It's like Job said, when shall this not be gone? I am full of tossings to and fro until the dawning of the day. When is that day going to come? When is that time going to arrive that I'm going to be free from worrying about anything? Is it going to be when we get to come out and start meeting one another? You know what? When I went by Lowe's yesterday, the parking lot was full. And Don tells me down at Walmart yesterday, buddy, they were packed out. Well, my Lord, if you can go to Walmart and if you can go to Lowe's and you can go to Home Depot and you can go to Belks and you can go to Coles, then my God, why can't you come to church? I trust God enough to go to Coles. He'll keep me from getting sick over at Coles. I trust God to go over to Belks. God will take care of me when I'm at Belks. Come on, somebody. God will take care of me at Walmart. I'm not so sure about that. God will take care of me. But they told us don't go to church, so I might not ought to go over there. Get around people. Well, my Lord, what have you been around all week? I don't, better not go to church. I might catch something that I wouldn't catch at Belks. 
Might catch something I wouldn't catch over at Handy Depot. Ah, come on now. My Lord, if God will keep you all them other places, he'll keep you in his house. If God will sustain you and help you and touch you and heal you and protect you, he'll protect you everywhere you go. Amen. Hallelujah. God is with us, not against us. He's for us, not against us. The Lord is on our side. He's with us. One thing we need to understand, come on, Victor, and help me, you and Connor, that what confounds us doesn't confound him. Coronavirus did not take God by surprise. It's not something he's never seen before. He's not confounded by it. He's not perplexed by it. He, he's not scratching his head wondering what in the world we're going to do. No. But right now, right now, God knows. He knows my beginning. He knows my ending. The Bible said he knows when I get up and go out, and he knows when I come back in. God knows when I lay down, and God knows when I get up, because all things are perceived by the eye of him with whom we have to do. Praise God. He watches me. He watches over me. He cares for me. He loves me. And he's committed to me. And no evil shall come nigh my dwelling. And no weapon that the enemy shall fashion against me will prosper. The Lord is my life and my salvation. Who shall I fear? What shall I be afraid of? God hath not given me a spirit of fear but power and love and a sound mind. Hallelujah. Though he slay me, yet will I serve him. My feet have not declined to walk in his path. I esteem the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. I will walk in his light. I will be sustained by his strength. His right hand will uphold me. He will never leave me, never forsake me. He'll always go with me all the way to the end. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Why don't you just stand to your feet all over this house? And why don't we just give a God a great big worshipful applause and a praise and say to God, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. Your word is true. Your word is true. Your word is right. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. And because he's the Lord of my life, I'm going to trust him, aren't you? I'm going to trust him. Are you going to do something reckless? No, I'm not going to tempt the Lord. I'm going to have good sense, and I'm going to do things in a right, intelligent way, and I'm going to trust him for the rest of it. Amen. And if it's better to bump than shake, I'm going to bump. If that'll help, then I'll bump. Yeah. 
I'm going to cooperate. I'm going to be the best I can be. But if you pin me down and ask me what I think, I'm going to tell you, I believe the word of the Lord. I believe the report of the Lord. I am healed. I am blessed. I am saved. I am delivered. I'm cared for. I'm secure in Jesus. He knows who I am. I know he, he, he's caring for me. He's going to watch over me. He's going to care for me. He's going to take care of me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So why don't you just give me a little bump right here. Ready? Bump. Praise God. LaDonna, I knew you wouldn't do that for nothing. I'll come over and kick you. God is the Lord of our lives. Lord of our lives. And because he's the Lord of our lives, we can trust him. Good times, praise his name. Bad times, do the same. I'll bless him at all times. I'll bless him at all times. In good times, praise his name. In bad times, do the same. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to love him. I'm going to live for him. Ready to pray? Lord, in the name of Jesus, I come to you now. I trust you. Soul, spirit, and body. You are mine, and I am yours. My life is hid with God in Christ. I've trusted the blood of Jesus for forgiveness of all of my sin. And in Jesus' name, my life will be a blessing for the Lord. Take care of me. Order my steps. And in Jesus' name, your praise will be in my mouth. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Praise God. Come on now and give him the best praise you got. Best praise you got. Best praise you got. Now let's all say one thing before we leave. Ready? Don't be scared. Don't panic. Trust God in Jesus' name.